Simon Brown of Just One Lap is our guest market watcher this Thursday evening. Simon, before we get into the markets, I just want to quickly chat budget. Tax by stealth. It's been, uh, it's been heralded as 7 billion rands worth of tax relief. But if you dig into the numbers, almost every South African is actually going to end up paying more tax. Yeah, I, I think, uh, Evening Horton, I've got to say, I, I, I think the minister did um, quite a, a, a deft act there. And tax by stealth probably sums it up. On the surface, looks good when you drill into it. None of the things you were worried about, increases in marginal tax rates or, or VAT, well, I don't think that was ever going to happen, etc. On the surface, looks quite good. I'm worried it's too good a budget. I, I'm worried that, that we were talking before we went on air. Next year is an election year, so he can't do anything then. We're in this for the next two years. My concern is that if things start to go a little bit wobbly wrong, he's got no wiggle room. He, he really hasn't given himself any wiggle room. Um, and, and with an election in a year, he's given himself even less. So this, it's either going to be inspired in two years' time. We look back and we're naming streets and firstborn after him, <laughs> or it's going to get seriously tough in the, in the 2015 budget. Jersey today up over 1%. Strong day. Strong day, uh, good volumes, uh, pretty much across the board. Resources, the lag is in the green space. Retailers still under pressure. Uh, mass Mart results, least under pressure. ShopRite and Woolies are still taking it. We, I'm not convinced we're yet seeing massive sector rotation out of retailers and into probably the resources because they're the ones that haven't run much. But certainly we, we're not seeing that appetite return for them yet. Um, and then the, the buying goes back into the good oil. I mean, SAB, another 700 million rand traded today. Uh, MTN, all those industrials from last year. Richmond, British American, they're the guys who are doing well again. Bombshell this afternoon, a record January trade deficit of 24.5 billion rand. That's the highest it's ever been. Uh, the whole of last year, a trade deficit of 117 billion. Uh, and you compare this to 2011, where the trade deficit was around 16 billion for the entire year. It's a horror number, and it is a number which is highly volatile. I, yes, we all get that, but I mean, <laughs> this is more highly volatile than we have ever seen. We, we are moving to the extremes. As you said, we, we've basically already taken an entire year's positive news and, and wipe it out plus some in one month. And, and I think those were perhaps, uh, I, I suppose, uh, the, 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 the budget speech yesterday tries to address some of it, but there's, there's bigger issues. It, it, it's what's happening in our mining sector um, and, and what's not happening in our manufacturing sector. I mean, a lack of manufacturing happening and the like. And I think we, in many ways as a country, relying too much on what used to be, thinking particularly mining, uh, and not enough on what the future is. And I think we're going to see a lot more scary numbers like that. Simon, uh, the uh, price increase uh, allowed by NURSA of ESCOM, 8%, cent, 8% rather, a year over the next five years. Did some calculations. If, if you had bought an amount of electricity in 2008, and that was your, your monthly expenditure, it cost you 100 rand then, Today, that same amount of electricity, excluding any of the margin the city power yeah. and, the, and the municipalities put on it, that same amount of electricity today costs 300 rand. In 2018, it's going to cost 450 rand. 8% huge amount better than 16. Of course, now we see who's good at math and who isn't. Because remember, ESCOM said, if we don't get 16, we can't keep the lights on. Well, now we get the test. I mean, only one party's right, and let's hope it's NERSA, because if it isn't, we've got troubles. Industry, business must be saying, look, eight is horrible, and the numbers that you say, I mean, we're basically going to have gone up four and a half fold in a decade. Massive. Could have been a lot worse, but still, we've, we've gone from a situation of massive capacity and cheap electricity to where it is now exceedingly expensive. And that puts a crimp on, on every industry. 
they can get clever. We see the sugar guys uh, uh, doing cogeneration. We see some of the miners doing it and the like. But whether you are a retailer, a manufacturer, or a miner, this is hurting you. And then, of course, it's hurting all the individuals. Every listener out there gets hit by this directly in their pocket, again, indirectly, every time they consume or, or, or something like that. It, 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 it's one of the, the travesties of, of, of the last 10 years. And those numbers you quote are, frankly, just scary. On the company front, uh, Liberty out with uh, results today. Strong, strong numbers. Normalized earnings up 38%. A special dividend. Strong growth in Africa. Yeah, really, really good numbers from, from Liberty. We've seen some, the insurance been doing well. Old Mutual's had a very, very good time of it. Um, we've seen good stuff out, out of them. Liberty, particularly strong. Uh, the market typically seems to have preferred Old Mutual, but it's run, and I'm wondering if we're not going to start seeing some switching into Liberty. High prop, uh, the property company out with uh, numbers today as well. Yeah, good numbers. I always my preferred stock because they've got the quality quality malls. Two things jumped out at me. One is spending a billion rand on Rosebank. I know that Standard Bank's moving their CIB head office and the Gau train and hotels, but a billion's a big bet. 920 million to be 100% correct. Their vacancies down at 2.5% versus 3.9. Shows the quality of their, of, of their assets. Uh, offices at about 9 and change, which is still below the average, which is more in the mid-teens. Uh, retail at about 1%, which is, again, they've just got those top, top quality. They're, they're A grade through and through. They're not interested in anything that's even slightly less than A. It's top stuff everywhere, and we're seeing it in the numbers. And finally, Cipla India. Originally in November, uh, this company wanted 51% of Cipla MedPro. They offered 850. That wasn't indicative offer. It wasn't even a firm offer. It didn't get to that stage. Today, a firm intention uh, to buy 100% of Cipla MedPro for 10 rand a share, a 4.5 billion rand deal. Good or bad? Good if you're a simple shareholder in the short term. Long term, probably not. Whenever someone else would have a, want to share that I want, I suddenly want it more, of course. Um, I think good for, for Simpler India. And I think part of the reason that we've had all the problems with Jerome Smith and, and everything, and I think they're basically saying, let's just move in and completely take over and make it happen. It, it's something which I've thought for a while would happen. But if we take this into Lita earlier in the week saying that they may delist at 3 Rand 90, suddenly we've got no more drug companies on RJAC. We left with some in the medical space but the hospital space no more drug companies and that's bad for the, for the exchange quarter past six here on the market update Massmart majority owned by Walmart today reporting results for the six months to December the retailer which operates the macro game Dion Wired Builders Warehouse and Cabbage Food stores said sales increased by almost 15% to 36 billion rand headline earnings per share dropped by 21% and if you strip out a, a whole bunch of one-offs uh, those headline earnings per share close to flat chief executive Grant Patterson with us in uh, the MoneyWeb studio tonight Grant food and liquor is now over half of your revenue. I don't think many people know that. Yes, in fact, it's always been about half, 50%. Uh, our food and liquor business was historically mostly wholesale. Uh, what we've been doing over the last few years is building a retail business, now about $10 billion. So that's moved up to almost 55% of our sales. Uh, as far as that retail business goes uh, and the fresh component of that, how much of that... Uh, is uh, how much of that 55% is is fresh food? Well, so so if, just putting it into annualised numbers, if our retail business is about 10 billion, uh, our fresh business is probably about f- uh, one and a half billion rand. So already making uh, some serious inroads there. The strategy 
is getting more food into more stores uh, across your, your game, Food Co stores, your Macro Fresh stores, your Cambridge stores. How's that progressing? Well, you know, four years ago we had no food retails and we embarked on that new journey. Um, we're now 10 billion. It was the target I set for us to be able to conclude we're in the business. You know, up to now we've been trying to take the business. Now we're in it. Uh, now it's time uh, to consolidate a bit, and then we want to press on to 20 billion uh, as the next target, and we'd hopefully get there over the next five years. Running through the business, Macro, there's been significant investments in new stores. Uh, two last year, you will open two this year, of which one is a relocation. 18 macro stores today. You've opened five in the past 18 months. That's significant growth. It's significant, remembering that a, a macro does, on average, around a billion rand a year turnover. So, you know, we talk about two macros, actually two billion rand business that we're, we're opening. Uh, it's probably the largest change we've had in the group over the last few years. Macro was at 12 or 13 stores maybe for 10 years, and this uh, we've almost going to double its size, uh, which is very exciting. Mass discounters, uh, Game and Dion Wired. Dion Wired uh, doing surprisingly well. Uh, in, in the uh, six months game though disappointing yes uh, there's actually three businesses in mass discounters game Africa game mm-hmm. South Africa and Dion Wired and it's Africa and Dion Wired have done very well Dion Wired we're particularly proud of because it's really a difficult business at the moment there's deflation the margins are low and people are tending to buy tablets and not uh, laptops and PCs um, Game South Africa, I, I, I think is about 50% the, the consumer and, uh, you know, under pressure. The, the game customer is indebted. But I think 50% of it is some on goals. You know, we, we perhaps made some decisions that we shouldn't have, but I think they're mostly around um, ranging and stock and we can fix them quickly. Staying with Dion Wired, uh, you have made a concerted effort and a big push there uh, in terms of e-commerce, getting uh, home delivery up and running, getting um, a mobile website, getting a mobile app so, so customers can purchase products uh, on their mobile devices on the website. Sales, though, from that channel, less than one store. Is it a lot less than one store or, or pretty close to one store? It's a lot less than one store. Um, Dion White is very important for us. First of all, it's the first multi-channel retailer in South Africa. Now, this, this multi-channel is not a word we hear much, but if you go to the U.K. and to the States and even some countries in South America, everything's multi-channel. So we now really don't you guys uh, in the, uh, at that level. So we, I think we've leapfrogged everyone. But, um, you know, it's small so we can play around. When it gets to around about one store, so maybe it's less than half of one store, when it gets to one store, then we'll think about our other brands. But um, because that uh, category is shrinking, I think, um, what we're going to do is we're going to leave our Dion Wired business at only about 19, 20 stores, and we're now going to push online. So we're going to also be the first retailer who owns stores who's actually going to try and push the business online, Just you know, and we'll learn something. With the move like we've seen in the, in the Rand dollar exchange rate over the past uh, six months, what does that do to the price of electronics? What's, what's that delay? Um, you know, the price of electronics has changed completely. So, you know, we used to think in this connection between Rand dollar and electronics. The reality is the technology curve, as I describe it, which is the price a product gets launched at to the price it ultimately gets sold at, you know, several months later, is so big that we wouldn't notice the Rand dollar exchange rate. So even in the move from 650 not too long ago to 9, I'm not sure it's had a material effect. Uh, that, that even at that level, that category is still in deflation. Mass build, builders, warehouse builders express the stock performer in the group, comparable sales growth of, of 10% across those stores, and uh, you're pushing hard in terms of new stores there in the year ahead. 
Yes, Massville's a great story. You know, four or five years ago, it was just, we just bought all the businesses, merged them. It was having a hard time. We've really got into uh, uh, some nice momentum there, um, and we're now going to push stores. You know, the business can now absorb a lot more stores without any more overhead costs. We're going to push into Southern Africa, and we're going to push uh, further into the, the South African market. As far as private label products uh, across the group are concerned, Camp Master, Trojan, and Mastercraft, most of your consumers probably don't even realize that those are your own private labels and they're they're becoming increasingly important in your life yes private label as a category is very important um when it fills in gaps where you know suppliers haven't done a good job and that's really why in tools and um, health and camping we've been able to offer products because there isn't a national brand there um what we're doing going forward though is going to get into some worldwide global brands so perhaps also what's known as great value Mm. which is a battery now and a paint and game uh, that's a global brand you can go into walmart stores around the world and the exciting one that's coming now is old roy now old roy is actually um, the name of Sam Walton's dog and he then launched this brand in the States and we've bought it here and, and perhaps most excitedly the entire um, production is a South African manufacturing base uh, branded as Old Roy so those dog lovers you can get out there in April and and try Sam Walton's dog food. Grant, just looking ahead uh, at this uh, this coming six months, still tough out there? Very tough. Uh, November, last week of October, actually, I think we, f- we saw the effects of the labor unrest. We then went right through just before Christmas, still tough. Christmas, South Africans can be relied on to spend everything they've got and maybe a little bit that they haven't got. So Christmas was very strong, January back to the same trend. So I think whatever disruption we had in October is going to be with us uh, for the first half of the year. Grant Patterson is Chief Executive of MassMart. 23 minutes after 6 o'clock, while South Africa's second largest construction firm, Murray & Roberts, reporting results for the six months to December. Revenue up by 9%. Diluted headline earnings per share of 69 cents. That's versus 190 cents uh, per share loss a year ago. Chief Executive Henry Loss uh, with us in the studio. Henry, before we talk results, let's get the Competition Commission uh, investigation out of the way. No changes there. Today, as Marion Roberts stands, there's no more collusive behavior, no more anti-competitive behavior, and uh, you're waiting for the commission to, to run its course. Absolutely. I can confirm with, with certainty that there's no collusive behavior in Marian Roberts at this moment in time. And um, we've been ready to settle with the competition authorities as far back as September last year, and we're just waiting for the process to engage with them. As far as your results are concerned, uh, you own 62% of Clue in Australia, uh, and, and that business has a stake in Forge. That did phenomenally well for you. Yes, both both uh, investments, the investment in Clough and then also its investment in Forge did exceptionally well in the, in the past six months. You're at home, though things are still uh, very tough. Things are still tough in, in South Africa, but if you look at the results for the six-month period, the turnaround is basically as a consequence of uh, the completion of the GPMOF project in Australia, which was loss-making, and then also a significantly reduced loss in the Middle East. So if you, if you adjust the prior year results for these two changes, then you basically come to this year's result. But, but in the makeup of the current year result is that the South African comp- uh, businesses have, have not done as well as, as the previous reporting period. But that was offset by a much improved imp- uh, performance out of Australia. Now, we had the industrial action uh, within these six months. So we had industrial action in the mining sector. We had it in the transport sector. How did that affect you? Well, we, we did disclose that the impact on our business was in the order of 200 million uh, rands, and that, that was in the first six-month period. And uh, we, have, we have accounted for that, and hopefully if we don't have that in the second half of the year, 
we could do better in the second half than what we've done in the first half. You also announced today that you are in uh, discussions with regards to your construction products businesses and disposing of those. Take us through the yes, rationale there. It, it, it is important. Uh, you know, we've been through quite a, an extensive strategic planning process, and we've identified that we would like to focus on our core competency of construction and engineering, and more specifically construction and engineering in the minerals and mining sector as well as the oil and gas sector. And when you look at that definition for, for, for our business, then the construction materials no longer fit that. And we are in the process of disposing of that part of the group. Looking ahead, as far as your order book is concerned, that's uh, work that is confirmed and, and in the pipeline. Most of it uh, is sitting in Australia. Yes, the order book is 48 billion, of which 22 billion is in Australia, um, and that is up nine, uh, from 19 billion uh, that we previously reported. So we're pleased with the order book at 48 billion. But yes, when you look at the, the total component of, of the international part in the order book, that has gone up uh, to about 60%. So it is, it is heavily weighted towards international work, which includes then the LNG, but also the international mining business. Henry Lars is the Chief Executive of Marion Roberts. SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Well, App Echelon is brought to you by Deloitte for innovative thinking and thorough strategic planning. Turn to Deloitte. Our guest this week in the App Echelon, Kogi Koeman, uh, who's head of Sim Global, well known to uh, most South African uh, investors. Not many people know that Koki started off his career as a teacher. Uh, in this interview, which is available on moneyweb.co.za, I uh, suggested uh, to Koki that the portfolio he manages looks very different to a typical global equity fund. There's some companies in there that perhaps most people in this country would never have heard of. I asked him to take us through the thinking, given that the investment universe most South Africans would be familiar with is maybe 50 or 60 shares on the JSE. Koki's investment universe is 100 or 1,000 times bigger than that. In fact, there are, at last time we had a rough look, about 52,000 listed companies globally. Um, so what really um, gave me a lot of insight is once I understood the way Warren Buffett thinks. And, uh, you know, obviously one can never be like Warren Buffett. But a couple of things that is really fundamental, I think, to his belief system is that he believes you just find good companies that are well managed. And if you invest in them when they're at, at, at an attractive price, you know, by doing that, you will tend to generate very good returns for your investors. And over time, you'll, you, you should outperform as well. And so I've always just set out to try and find companies that are, that are lesser known and, well, that are undervalued. And generally, your companies that are undervalued are generally the ones that are lesser known which has, has led me generally to emerging markets because it's your smaller companies there that are generally not known. And that's really where we've tended to find your best opportunities. We've found good opportunities elsewhere as well, developed markets, but it's emerging, emerging markets where generally we've done uh, the best. So what we try and do, we do a lot of research up front once we've found a company, um, do a lot of financial modeling and... Um, you know, and then go and visit the guys. And then the objective is not only one visit, but you go a second, a third, and a fourth mm-hmm. time. You really get to know management over time, and you stick with them. So, for instance, one of our companies that just uh, this week r- reported very good results in Turkey, TSKB. Now, <laughs> I don't think there will be any listeners who know mm-hmm. TSKB, but it's got an amazing track record. I think now this is, it's most probably it's... I think 12th or 10th year that it's reported results and a return on its capital of 20%. 
and it still trades at, at quite a low uh, multiple. So, you know, it's companies like that and uh, in India and Indonesia and Brazil. We